Good afternoon, beloved, and welcome to Oops, I Missed Church, the podcast. This show is originally aired every Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. at RadioKMZN.com. If you have any interest at all in being a guest on this podcast, please send an email to oopsimissedchurch at gmail.com. And now, enjoy the show. It's another lovely Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Oops, I Missed Church. We've got a first-time guest. His name is J.T. Tinajero. Correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. Nice. J.T. is a local San Antonio drummer and a barista, technically, writer. Barista bartender. Barista bartender. Heck yeah. You know what, JT? The first time I met you was at that concert at Backyard on Broadway where you guys let me play a song with you. Yeah. And you didn't have the flip down shades. I didn't know. And now, every time I've seen you since then, you have these flip down shades. I haven't seen your actual <laughs> eyes since before the pandemic, dude. Whoa. <laughs> oh, they're beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, I know why he hides them. <laughs> Gracious. No, that's yeah, that's, cool. that's a long story. Oh, yeah? Really? Uh, it is, yeah. It goes all the way back to, like, middle school days, but... Um, Do you want to share? Oh, I'd be more than happy We've got time, dude. I'm pretty sure there's tons of people around town that have wondered the same thing, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, no, one day, it was, like, right before the school year started, I woke up, and I just couldn't open my right eye for some reason. Whoa. And, like, each time I did, it would just hurt. Huh. <clears throat> so I told my mom, I was like, hey, my eyes hurting and like, I don't know what's wrong with it. She was like, well, just wait it out and see like how it goes. So it's okay. Yeah. As the day progressed, it just got worse. So she took me to the hospital and uh, they put like this like weird like highlighter, like iodine. Yeah. There in my eye, they dropped it and then like they waited 10 minutes, came back with a black light. And basically, there was just, like, a scratch on my cornea. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Yikes. So they were like, uh, you're going to have to, like, be very careful with, like, just lights. Mm. Sunlight, fluorescent light, just any light. You just got to be careful. You'll be more sensitive to it. Oh. So I was all right. I dealt with it through school. <clears throat> and uh, when we started playing shows, I just dealt with it. I honestly didn't think they made these anymore. Oh, yeah, the flip downs? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, buddy of mine, he had some. I was like, dude, where'd you get yours? He goes, I got them at Walmart. Nice. So I was like, oh, hell That's yeah. That's where I got my watch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Walmart's got some hidden gems. They sure do. Know? Yeah. But yeah, so I. I um, so your eyes are just more susceptible to light. Yeah. And how old were you in that when you like discovered that? Uh, shoot, that was probably like. 14, 15 years old. Okay. And how old are you now? 24. Oh, nice. So like yeah. a decade. Wow. Essentially, yeah. Is it uh, just light that affects it? Or is it harder? I mean, did it affect the actual vision much? No, nah, I don't think it affected my vision too much. That's nice. Because um, I, I, I think I got my glasses like right before it happened and, mm. like anyway. So yeah, it didn't do anything too crazy. But it it's just, just lights in general. Yeah. Sunlight. 
fluorescent LED, just every kind of light just bothers me. It irritates it after a while. Wow. So because of it, I'd end up making just like just weird faces. I looked like I was mad all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah. So once I so, found these, I was like, you know what? Why not? I found a solution. Yeah. So I just keep them on as much as I can. Yeah. <clears throat> Good work. Cause oh, I, thank you. I feel I've, I very rarely have seen you without them, and it's cool. Yeah. I, uh, I like the flip downs as well. Um, I've recently been trying out contacts again, and I got glasses when I was in fifth grade, and then when I was in eighth grade, I remember I saw a video of City in Color, mm-hmm. you know, Dallas Green, and I was just sort of starting to get into that kind of indie folk music singer songwriter stuff and he had these massive glasses like the gold rim double you know really big that i remembered always associating with like nerdy looks but he made it look so cool and i was like i gotta get some big glasses and so i did it kind of as a joke in eighth grade but then it just stuck and i wore glasses all throughout high school and since high school basically and I've just recently been trying on contacts again, and it's so strange. I've realized I like my disability to be obvious, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, when you don't have contacts, I don't know, it almost makes me feel like I have to take myself more seriously, Yeah, you know? But I've always been into hats and glasses, and I'm getting married soon, and I'm thinking... <laughs> I don't know if I should wear either. Well, I'm not going to wear a hat, of course, but I think I'm going to do contacts for the actual ceremony because I kind of like the idea of being entirely maskless, you know, because it almost it it makes me feel sort of like a character when I have glasses or a hat, like they're these props almost or costume pieces, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. It just... the first day I was wearing contacts again, it made me think about a lot of stuff. And I was like, wow, this is weird. But I definitely prefer glasses. I like the convenience of them. Yeah. And everybody is so used to me with glasses that when they see me with contacts, they're like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. one time my eye doctor like suggested them just in case. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I don't know. My eyes are kind of like tiny. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I would feel weird without glasses on. So I'm just a stick with glasses. And he was like, okay, you just at a desk. Yeah. I was just like, all right, thanks. <laughs> Would you ever get LASIK? I've thought about that. Yeah. And <clears throat> I, I don't think so, just because I feel like, like how you mentioned, the glasses just, just become part of you. Yeah. In a way that I feel like I would just be a stranger, <laughs> not only to like everyone around me, but just to myself. To you yourself, know? who am I? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, if I ever did LASIK, I feel like I'd want to wait till I was over 45 at least, you know, or... It seems like something I'd rather do later in life. Yeah. Just because, I don't know. I, It's funny because I do think a lot of older people do end up getting LASIK. Yeah. My dad did it years and years ago. And, but now it still kind of wet. Your eyes still wear. <laughs> so he has to yeah. wear glasses sometimes, but not like he used to. Yeah. Because he used to have those real big, thick ones. Mm, but, little Coke bottles. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, man. Well, <clears throat> JT, did you grow up in San Antonio? I did. Okay. Um, born and raised. Uh, I've always had like dreams where I've like grew up somewhere else or was born somewhere else. You know? Oh, weird. Which was like dreams, like in your sleep. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And it's just it was it was always weird because I'd be like, dang, I had a dream I was 
born in Canada. <laughs> Dream was born in Italy. Wow. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> so it was I always found that interesting. Maybe it's like a Yeah, that's kinda strange. I don't know if I've ever heard of alternate dimension me. Right. Born in those areas. <laughs> yeah, like a different timeline. <laughs> yeah. Canadian JT. Man. Dang. I'm glad you brought up Canada. That reminds me, not to put the focus on me, but <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's the 23rd of July. Yesterday was Micah Didn't Die Day. I hope you Ooh. celebrated. I got paralyzed in Canada 10 years ago. JT, let's hear about a time you almost died. Oof. Time I almost died. I think it's happened a couple times, to be honest, but I've been hit by a vehicle. Wow. A moving vehicle at that. Yeah. The most prominent one that I do know of and remember was <clears throat> excuse me no worries um i was riding bikes with a friend that i made in the neighborhood and we had gone down this way several times like nothing <clears throat> whether it was with traffic or without traffic you know uh-huh. and uh this one day we thought it was just any other day where we're going and uh he went across the street, and I was, all right, now, my turn. And I was going, and I just, like, at the corner of my eye, I saw this big old Sears van. Well, Sears of all of all places. Yeah, you know? it was like a company van? Yeah. Oh, wow. He came and was just like, he didn't stop, and I didn't stop. But I'm over here thinking, oh, I'm going to make it. Right. And like, pedestrians have right away. <laughs> yeah. And, like, next thing you know, I wake up just on the ground, with like EMTs ripping open my shirt, make wow. sure I'm not like bleeding or anything. Yeah. And the first thing I remember saying is, where's my shoe? Because <laughs> I, I had one shoe on. Oh, and man. It turned out to be like half a block away. Wow. But <clears throat> did you break yeah. any bones or anything? I didn't break any bones. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think it just got like pretty bruised up on my back. Yeah. That's about it. Wow. But yeah, it was insane. Dang. How old were you when that happened? Like under 10? Oof. Probably like under 10, if not 10. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it was early on. Yikes, man. And, uh, yeah. Dang. <laughs> it's just one of those things that you don't talk about often, so you talk about it again. Right. And you're like, that was me? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. It's so wild coming or just having an experience like that where, I don't know, sometimes they're easy to forget <clears throat> and sometimes they're... They're, you think about them all the time or they yeah. affect your life in a way, you know? I was thinking, I went to a pool party recently and it reminded me of a time I got invited to a pool party here in San Antonio. I think I'd been living here for like three years and the host was from Iowa, of all places. Mm. And so my friend that invited me like told me that and was like, oh, my buddy from Iowa is throwing a pool party. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. And I showed up pretty late. I think it was like 10 o'clock. But it was a pool party, so I was still going to go swimming a bit, you know? Yeah. And so I had somebody toss me in the pool or something, and I was swimming around, and they had this giant inflatable unicorn of some kind. And I started messing around with it and trying to get on it and stuff. And I got all tangled up. And the thing, you know how sometimes when those inflatables get on you, they sort of, I mean, they'll hold you under. Yeah. And I was They they kill you, dude. Right. I was not being very smart, but... I was like, it flipped over on me, and I was struggling for a bit trying mm. to get free. And then I realized, I cannot get out of this. <laughs> so I'm just going to... And my head was underwater, you know? And I was just thinking, like, man, I hope somebody sees me right now. Yeah. And so I just stopped moving to make it look like, 
you know, I'd passed out or something. Yeah. And then thankfully some, some homies jumped in and flipped me up. But that was like, whoa, yeah, (laughs) what a sad way to go if that was the (laughs) way I went. (laughs) But some, I think some would have saw it as sad and others would have saw it as rad. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, this guy died with a freaking wrestling a unicorn. (laughs) Yeah. Wrestling a unicorn in the pool, you know? Uh, Yeah, man. It's crazy. But yeah, I'm glad we're both alive, dude. Oh, I know. Me too. Yeah. Me too. It's a delight. A lot of times, it's interesting, I talk to a lot of people, and it seems that there's more, there's never been more awareness of, like, mental health, you know, which I'm grateful for. I think it's good. Yeah. Because I feel people should talk about that topic more. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do think it can be dangerous sometimes where people almost latch on to a diagnosis or, or kind of, like, create their personality almost around this thing that they feel is wrong with them yeah and i think that can be dangerous sometimes but it's so interesting to me because it seems there's almost like this romantic romanticizing of suicide or depression almost and the whole like sad boy thing you know which i get to a degree because i love sad music but i don't know i'm wondering what are you what are you thankful for in being alive or what like keeps you from going to that place because I feel it's a temptation for all of us <clears throat> to kind of fall into that pit of despair you yeah know? I think personally I mean you know the things I am grateful for is you know a family that is there for me when I need it mm. you know yeah especially like you know and those Hard, harder, harder times, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then things that do keep me going is just the thought of who have I impacted the most, hmm. in my opinion, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so for me personally, I feel like if things did go that way and I just like didn't exist anymore, yeah, I feel like the person who'd take it like the hardest would be my little brother. Mm. You know, I feel like we're just kind of like inseparable. Oh, that's I feel cool. like we're always just, we always got to be near each other. Doesn't matter if we're like fighting with each other. Yeah. Or just loving on each other, you know? And uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where like I, I have thought about it and like immediately he's just popped up in my head like, nah, I can't mm. do that. I can't do that to him, you know? Yeah. So it makes me like, makes me want to change, I guess, that feeling. Yeah. Kind of change your mind or yeah. thought process. Exactly. And then yeah. just, you know, all the connections I've made to just being someone in the local scene of San Antonio who's, right, you know, making music for someone who likes it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think just those things, too. Yeah. Um, kind of, like, help bring me back to reality. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I It's frustrating how easy it is to forget the control we have of our thoughts, yeah. you know, and emotions sometimes, because I feel sometimes it can get so heavy or hard where we forget that we can distract ourselves with more positive thinking or actually like, I don't know, entertain the idea of gratitude and thinking more about stuff like that rather than all the stuff there is to be upset about. Yeah. But yeah, I, that's something too cool with the local scene. I feel there is a, beautiful little community here 
that still feels sort of young in a way. And I don't know if that's right. Cause I think the scene has probably changed a lot over time, you know? Yeah. Cause I know that like there used to be a lot more of a metal scene here, I think. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That, and I don't cause I wasn't here, but I remember hearing about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or I've heard people talk about it and it's kind of, I don't know. It's cool to see how any city scene sort of morphs and changes with the times and whatnot. But I, one of my most favorite things about San Antonio is how down to earth it feels, mm. you know, especially in comparison to Austin where things feel a lot more, I don't know, just kind of just intense maybe. I don't yeah. know. It, like way more hyped up and <clears throat> yeah, no, no, no. I know, almost I'm, exaggerated. Yeah. I know exactly what, what, like what you're trying to say. It's hard to put into words. Yeah. It's just one, it's one of those things you have to like experience, you mm. know? Right. Uh, for yourself to actually know uh, the feeling. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right. I think, you know, when I was younger, my dad would take me and my siblings out, out like, all around San Antonio to just to do things, check out the local stuff, you know? Yeah. So I remember growing up, we would see local heavy metal bands playing oh, everywhere, nice. you know? Yeah. So I thought it was neat <clears throat> just because I grew up more towards like the metal yeah. music of things. But I think when once once I joined with the palm trees and started playing around, I think that's I want to say that's like when it started to change a little bit. Mm. Maybe maybe even right before I started coming into it. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, it's it's changed for sure too, especially like since since I started playing locally. Yeah. Until now it's changed a lot. When did you start drumming? <clears throat> I started, whew, it's been a long time. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I picked it up just randomly one day. My dad had a kid at home, and uh, I remember him just saying, like, oh, I'm not going to push you to it. If you want to do it, just do it. It's there, yeah. you know. One day I did, and here I am. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so Drums were always the first, like, uh, that was the instrument that sort of made me want to get into music. In the first place. Yeah. And I remember, too, so much of my getting into music was because I grew up going to church. And that's where so much live music was, you know, or my first, like, taste of live music, I guess. Yeah. And then going to different conferences or different things, you know, with all these, you know, like Michael W. Smith. Or, I remember yeah. seeing him in concert when I was little. And Stephen Curtis Chapman and stuff. Dang. Yeah. I haven't heard those names in I know. Years. It's been a long time. But that was, yeah, I just thought drums were so cool, you know, like it yeah. seemed like such a fun instrument to learn. And then I remember we did end up getting a drum set that was in our barn when we were living in Colorado, but I just didn't have familiarity with it or, or anybody else to play with. Yeah. And so I, I didn't ever get very good at it, but it sort of got me interested in the idea of making music. And then my mom put me in piano lessons and that mm. changed the game a lot because I was like, oh, this is way more like I can make pretty sounds on yeah. my own. With a drum set, it felt so much harder for me to create like a nice sound by myself. You're good, man. No worries. <laughs> but that's, yeah. So did you grow up going to church at all? Growing up, no, actually. Um, we were pretty far out from the church. I know my mom had got saved like some years before. Uh-huh. Um, but after that, 
we didn't really go too much. It was uh, like once in a while. Yeah. When I was in elementary school. <clears throat> I think once I got to middle school is when it started like becoming like a frequent thing mm-hmm. uh, for for us. And the, I was the same way. Uh, churches where I got like my first experience as far as like in an intimate setting of live music. Yeah. So I remember like every Sunday we'd be at church and I just would just watch, you know? Yeah. I should have been praising the Lord, but <laughs> I was like, you know, in awe of the yeah. band. Yeah. I was like, dang, they're all doing that together. That's crazy to me. Yeah. So I remember like telling my parents like, oh, one day I'm going to be the drummer for a Sunday service. Nice. And uh, after a few years, it ended up happening, and it was like the greatest thing in my life. Yeah, you know? it felt like amazing, like a huge honor to me. Yeah. And I did it for about a year. That's cool. And then got replaced. Ah, shit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Do you uh, do you still go to church now, or not as much? <clears throat> I haven't gone in, in a while, to be honest. Maybe about a year. That's not a while, but it's been about a right, year yeah. since I've gone. And. and it's- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, well, I was just thinking of like, because you said a year is not that long, but it, it feels like, a, I don't know, people seem to go through seasons almost, you know, where yeah. sometimes it's, it, and it's a lot of it depends on the community and the church and whatnot, if you can find a place where you feel you belong and want to be a part of it, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. It makes it easier. To um, yeah, I know the last church I went to, um, I think everything was pretty much felt that way. It felt good. Mm-hmm. But some things happened with uh, certain people outside of church, and it just like really like just pulled me out. Yeah, and just I just never felt ready to go back. Hmm. And then after accepting that, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go when I feel like God is telling me to go back. You know. Yeah. And um, it hasn't happened yet, but I think it's gonna happen soon. Yeah. Just because I've I feel like. The last couple of weeks, I've had thoughts of trying out, checking out a different church, whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's kind of, <clears throat> I kind of like hopping around and yeah. just like testing out churches almost, you know? We're just seeing, I love how, like, it makes me sad how many denominations there are, but at the same time, I think it's cool the way it shows the diversity and just overall versatility of this whole religion, you know, Christianity, the core tenet is, do you believe in the resurrection? Yeah. You know? And then everything after that almost feels like preference. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I just find it really fascinating, the different cultures that emerge in these different church bodies and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know? And I've found I prefer a smaller, more intimate setting, almost like house church, you know? Where yeah. It's just kind of like a group of like-minded people getting together to agree upon this spiritual belief, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I think smaller churches is where it's at. Because my home church was, it wasn't a mega church, but it was huge. Yeah. Like, Sanctuary alone was just nuts. Yeah. I think it's, I think it was about like 500 people. Yeah. 500 chairs. And that's like not including the standing room, right? So, it was intense. Um, Can I ask what denomination it was? It was Christian, right? But like, was it specific to like Baptist oh, okay. or Presbyterian? Or I mean, there's so many. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Um, 
And it could have been non-denominational. Nah, I don't think it was. uh, Yeah. I think it was non-denominational. Nice. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was was an older church. There was a lot of older people. Mm -hmm. Um, So not too many young folks, which I think plays into the fact of me being able to play with a band. Yeah. Because I I remember uh, a lot of the a lot of stuff I do know when it comes to playing with a live band, I remember learning from from that band. Yeah. From the church. It definitely helps with collaboration, I feel, yeah. when you're playing with others. Cause have you ever played with somebody that you can almost tell they've never played with others? You know, or yeah. where they have a very sort of solo <clears throat> approach. Mm-hmm. And I think those those guys are still great in their own right, but there it's some there's just a weird sort of tension sometimes of oh this guy doesn't really know how to leave space or room yeah you know or I don't know some guys can come off real like prima donna or <laughs> over the top but and I've experienced that in the church too where there's been like a guy that comes in and it almost feels like he's trying to put on a concert and it's yeah like, what are you doing dude. Yeah, that's how it was in, in school. Um, I went to a private school, like halfway through middle school for the rest of high school. I was okay. at a private school. And uh, the school itself, we had like like our own little church band yeah. for the school. So every Wednesday we would do a chapel service. Nice. And we would just basically just do a church service for, for the school. Yeah. But um, yeah, one of my buddies from my class, um, he was the the drummer at first. And then he switched to guitar, so they got me on drums. <clears throat> and um, I there was times where I felt like, man, does this does he like know that we're playing in, like church? <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Because he would play and he would like strum the guitar hard. He'd headbang a little bit, which I get, you know, getting into it. But yeah, sometimes I felt like he took it a little too far. Yeah. Um. And that'd be interesting, too, because in a setting like that, yeah, where you're playing in front of all your peers, I think there's this natural sort of pressure or thing that comes along where you want to stand out, yeah. you know, and kind of like, hey, just want to make sure everybody hears me all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. It, yeah, it was one of those things where I felt that way with him. Yeah. But I think, I, think, I think for the most part, it was just like him. I think it was him finding that it was comforting for him yeah. to make it easier for himself to play, even if he wasn't nervous or was nervous, you mm. know? Yeah. So I think that's what it was. Um, but yeah, it was just one of the things that I saw and it was like, whoa, okay. That's <laughs> yeah. the first, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so was that, so that was like a Christian school? Yeah. And you went there for high school? Yeah. Half uh, high school? Or? I, the first year I was there was my eighth grade year of oh, okay. middle school. And then was there just throughout high school. Nice. So, did you enjoy it? Did you like going to private <coughs> Christian school? I did it from fifth to eighth grade. It was challenging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just because, just like the actual academics of it, or you mean the well, culture? Both. Yeah. Really, um, the academic part was at first it was challenging, just because it was all stuff I've never heard of. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it, but diagramming. Oh, yeah, man. I hated that. Dude, I had no idea what the hell that was before I went there. Yeah. And they had me take like a test just to see where I'm at before actually enrolling. Yeah. 
And uh, I remember the, the the lady in the front office. She was like, "If you don't know what this is, just skip it." And I did. I was like, "What the hell is all this?" Yeah. You know, I was like, "Dude, you got me over here like trying to find out my IQ." Yeah, just say so. <laughs> I'll tell you my IQ. You know. Yeah. But I think I think academically it was a challenge at first, but also just like culturally, just because like everyone there is. Christian, yeah, or at least I thought I met people who were put into the school who sort of. never even went to church, yeah, you know, just to like I guess for like their parents were just wanted them to have something be- better, yeah, you can tell sometimes <clears throat> some parents use a private Christian school because they think it's gonna make their kid like well behaved, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think it works, no, <laughs> no, man, my ugh, Jesus Christ, it's, my uh, my whole like. That whole school was just like problematic, yeah. From what I remember, like it was so small too. I think there was only like maybe like 120 kids, maybe 150, hmm. the most. And that's including elementary and oh, wow. middle school and high school. Yeah, and there was like very small numbers each year. Yeah, and uh, everyone knew everyone's like business. All yeah. the drama like would just, just spread spreads around immediately, you know. Yeah. And I guess that's that's probably any high school, but there does seem I don't know. It's interesting in in these Christian schools sometimes the way they end up being perceived is everybody's super judgmental, yeah. you know, or really like thinking they're better than others or something, yeah. you know. And that is so sad to me because it feels the complete opposite of the whole message of the gospel and thinking of like the humility of Christ. Yeah. And how frequently we miss that or how it seems that some people will give their life to Christ and then have this mindset of, oh, so now I am, I'm better, mm-hmm. you know, when really it should be completely the opposite where you think, no, now I want to serve everybody and actually yeah. like lay my life down rather than lord it over people of like this is why i'm going to heaven and you're going to hell you (laughs) know because and i i don't know if that's maybe just because it's kids you know because i think there's weird just that whole adolescent season is such a strange time of life yeah and yeah i don't know i something i realized in christian school is it seems it there's so much focus on image yeah. You know, and making sure like you can really learn the language and how to make it seem that you're on board with everything or I don't know. I've I realized when I went to a ministry school after high school how good I got at just saying the right stuff mm-hmm. or speaking the Christianese language to make it seem like I had it all figured out. Yeah. When in reality I was like, I feel like a liar. Or you know, I just <laughs> Yeah. I, it felt so insincere yeah and yeah no i mean i've felt that way before um, i know like in 2018 i was talking to this one girl and she was just curious about just like learning about all the different religions you know and i would always yeah. tell her like oh christianity is not a religion it's a relationship with jesus yeah and uh she would just question so much and i you know i answered like the best that i could right and then like after i'd be like man i don't even feel like i gave her the right answer you know mm yeah. So it was always interesting. And I think it's hard too where we forget that it's okay to say I don't know. 
Yeah. You know, because so often <clears throat> I feel people questioning want a very definitive answer. And I get that because you want, you know, certainty and evidence of things and whatnot. But yeah. then at the same time, there is this degree of mysticism and faith where you can't know all the answers, you know, yeah. or, and it's, it's okay to not know. Yeah, exactly. And I think that we, it's, it's, I don't know, a lot of people just get so caught up in, I have to know, or like, yeah. this has to make sense to me. Yeah. And I kind of like, I kind of like the relief that comes from, I don't have to know, you know, or it's okay if some stuff doesn't make entire sense. Yeah. I've come to terms with, with, with that statement for sure. Um, especially like, you know, getting more involved locally. Mm-hmm. I've met so many different people with like so many different backgrounds. Yeah. And uh, a good handful of people when they found out I was, that I was Christian, they're like, "Oh, well, what about this?" I'm just like, "Uh, it's in the Bible, you know." Yeah. But then I remember one time like I I told him I was like, "Dude, I was like, I don't know, you read for yourself if you if you'd like." Yeah. You know, I could only answer so much and that person was like, "Oh, shoot. That's I think people that's appreciate okay answer, you know." Yeah. Because so often it seems there's so many people where they're trying to convert or shove their beliefs down your throat. Mm -hmm. And what a way to push people away. Yeah. You know, rather than... That's what I love about the idea of actually being in relationship with people and not trying to convince them of anything or tell them why they're wrong, but just by living in community and actually like showing them by the way that you treat them and act that yeah like what i believe is i want to love my neighbors you know and actually yeah. like, care for people around me yeah and i don't have to proclaim that all the time you know or like yeah and it, it sucks too that like that a lot of people nowadays just don't want to let you have that chance to you know to show them how you live yeah and whatever and um Sorry, go ahead. No, well, just with like all the preconceived ideas that people have based on previous interactions with someone in the church who hurt them, maybe. Yeah. Where if they hear you're a Christian, then that immediately is a label on you where they think, oh, this person's just a bad person then, you know? Or yeah. they associate a whole religion based on an interaction they had with yeah. one person misrepresenting Jesus. You yeah, know? I've had people react... For sure, like, oh, like, get away from me, kind of, yeah. you know? And I, I I always clarify, like, I'm a Christian, but I'm not I'm not the kind you think I am. Right. And they're like, oh, what's that? And I tell them, like, I'm not judgmental. I'm not going to put you on a cross for how you are, you yeah. know? I was like, I accept you the way you are. Yeah, I'm not trying to change you. Yeah. I was like, if you want to know when it comes to, like, what I believe, I'd be more than happy to tell you. Yeah. Vice versa, you know? Right. And uh, when I've said that... I've noticed a few people have been like, oh, okay. But most of the time, everybody's just like, I don't think so. Kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sad when it makes people like feel they have to walk on eggshells around you or yeah. act differently or something. Yeah. Where, yeah. Man, it's wild. It is. Well, <laughs> it's cool. Um, do you want to stay in San Antonio forever, JT? Or do you know? I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I think over the last few years, I've been drawn to like just moving out of San Antonio, whether mm-hmm. it be staying in Texas or just being out of Texas. Yeah. Um, I think lately it's 
been wanting to move out of Texas. Yeah. And uh, just going out somewhere like north in the country, you know? Yeah, dude. Just have my own like every land. Every summer, I think to myself... I'd love to get out of here, <laughs> just because I get so tired of the heat. But yeah. yeah, it's I don't know. I've also I just love to move too. I really like the the process of going somewhere new, or mm-hmm. and I think it's fun to go places without any idea of what it's going to be like, or without knowing anybody there and kind of seeing how things fall into place. Because that's like when I came here, I didn't know anybody. And it was amazing the way people were just provided. And I got such a wonderful community. And I think a lot of that has to do with the overall culture of San Antonio being incredibly friendly and welcoming, you know, where, I don't know, it feels like there's not any preconditions to being in San Antonio like there are in some places, Mm. you know, or I don't know, it's just, I just feel so down to earth and... Like, not afraid to be normal. Yeah. You know, not to say normal is a bad thing, you know, because I, I don't know. I think it's funny. <laughs> I heard, learned the term normie after moving to San Antonio, and it was the first time I heard it. And I was like, man, isn't everybody a normie and not a normie at the same time? You know, it's yeah. like hipsters. Yeah. But, like, rednecks are the most hipster people in the world, if you think about it. They're so unique. You, you put know? it that way, and I'm like, oh, my God, they are. <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I just find, I find it so fascinating, all these different, well, just the time that we're alive is so crazy. It is. Because we've never been so immersed in technology and so aware of the whole world, Yeah, you know? And it's really, it's really interesting. I really enjoy it's... following you on Twitter, JT. <laughs> You're funny on Twitter. No, lately it, I haven't been funny. <laughs> well, it's still good. It's still enjoyable. I, don't I guess mind. so. I guess so. Do you? Uh, would you say that's your favorite of the social medias? Um, no, no. It, okay. It's not my favorite at all. But it's the one that I do probably get on the most, just because I feel like I get news faster on there. You know, news. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like stuff that I'm interested in, mm. like movies, music. Yeah. Anything like that, I just I feel like I get it instantly on Twitter. Right. So that's kind of like my go-to if I want to like read up on something. <laughs> it is pretty wild how, I don't know, just the amount of information and content that is provided. <clears throat> yeah. Like every waking moment, you yeah. know. Ugh, it's you could, you could be sort on of Twitter. exhausting. You could be on Twitter like as soon as you wake up, and like you hit refresh or you hit the home button to like refresh it. Yeah. And then like. Not even like two minutes later, you'll just you'll get the notification again. Refresh for new, more news. Or yeah, whatever. I'm more just stuff. Like, what the heck? But yeah. I'm just like, yes, please give me everything. <laughs> yes, more dopamine. I need to. I need to absorb everything. Yeah, I go like that. I hold my phone. Put my my other hand on it. And just the orb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Twitter is one of those things where just like the stuff that I do like, it's just somehow convenient on there for me. You yeah, know? it's a weird place. It feels yeah. like this sort of alternate dimension or universe. Right. Where it can be really fun and funny at times, and then also just incredibly heartbreaking. You yeah. know, or just to see yeah. the way that some people are, or some of the things, I don't know, the anonymity 
the license that that gives some people yeah and the things that some folks will say i'm just blown away by it yeah because i'm i don't know i was just <laughs> raised to be way nicer you yeah. know and just courteous and then the way that some people act <clears throat> online it it feels i don't know like they've never had a pleasant interaction it's, it's with just anyone their true self in a weird way you yeah know? i guess and i don't mean that like in a bad way or anything it's just one of those things that I just realized over time was like, there's no filter on Twitter, mm-hmm. no matter how hard people try to make it to have a filter. Yeah. Even like the people who just add the features, right. the company themselves, there's just, I don't think there's ever going to be a filter on Twitter for, for anything. Yeah. And I just, I, I understand how people can just let their intrusive thoughts become a reality right from it which i'm not bashing because if you have intrusive thoughts and yeah you need to vent vent get it out go ahead twitter's the place to do it I it support is a, you. yeah i'll like that tweet <laughs> i'll retweet it i'll quote it too <laughs> yeah i know it's i don't know it's just it's so fascinating to me the access we have to this just pile of humans thoughts yeah you know and man, we can think about some of the dumbest stuff, but then also some of the most like brilliant, beautiful art and all kinds. Of, it's such a weird conglomeration. It's it's life's journal, life's diary. Yeah, the way I see it. And it's, I mean, hey, when did you first get on? I got on. I think I was a senior. I think or a junior. I think it was two thousand ten. Dang, I yeah. think it was sophomore year for me. Nice. Uh, which was, I think, 2014. Right on. Or 2015, something like that. I can't even remember. Yeah. But, yeah, I got on, and then, like, I was on it for a couple years, but I had no idea, like, what, like, how to use it. Yeah. So I kind of just, like, would look at everybody else's stuff, all my friends, and be like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I think the summer of 2016, I deleted it, and then I came back to it, like, Probably a year later. With the vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> a vengeance, nah. I'm tweeting now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny because like, I came back a year later and I like knew how to work it instantly. Yeah. And it just I found it so weird that I knew exactly what I was doing, what all the features were. Yeah. And it was interesting. And Yeah. Uh, it's weird yeah. to me to think of kids born after 2000 who are now, you know, to be... Because I still have a memory of time before smartphones, Mm -hmm. you know, and sure there was email, but it still, it just was not to the level of influence on the mass of humanity as it is today. And now just to imagine all of the kids born into this world where, I mean, there's no escape from it, kind of, you know, like you have to have a phone to get a loan or how you know or like yeah. anything basically and it's so i don't know it, just, it feels like this weird sort of prison we've created for ourselves mm-hmm. where there's a lot of goodness to it but at the same time there's so much room for yeah destruction <clears throat> those are the days i miss though yeah before cell phones right before internet was every app yeah. You know, I miss when it was just YouTube and that was it. Yeah. And, right. And uh, 
I remember just having days where I would just be outside all day long, yeah. running in and out of the house to do stuff, to grab something, you know? And then it's funny because, like, like how you said, it became, like, a cultural shift in a way. Yeah. Like, the minute someone got, like, a touchscreen phone in my yeah. house, I noticed, like, this this weird, like, what's the, op- I'm trying to find, like, the word of, like, the opposite of a resurgence. Insurgents? There you go. Okay. It's just like an insurgence just happened in my house hmm. and something shifted and I was like, oof. The machines. Something, something feels weird. They're taking over. I became Man. I became self-aware that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, hey, we've been talking for about 45 minutes almost. Oh, so okay, let's cool. take a break and then if you got time, we'll come back and do a little more. Yeah, for sure. Right on. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's the second hour now, and we are still gifted by the presence of JT Dinajero. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Hey, I remember, I like every week, I'll sometimes mention it, sometimes won't, uh, the fruit of the week, which is just Mm. based on the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. This particular weekend, it's gentleness. Ooh. And I'm curious, JT, can you think of a time in your life where you experienced gentleness from someone that felt, you know, like a, I don't know, almost like the Holy Spirit of God, <laughs> you Actually, know, or, can, yeah. yeah, right on, let's oh, hear it. Excuse me. Um, I think it was more recent, to be honest. Cool. I have terrible memories, so anything from like day-to-day things, like, I have a hard time remembering. But I think the most recent thing I've had that felt that way <clears throat> was uh, one of my coworkers actually. She came in to uh, make herself a drink, and uh, I was working, and I was kind of just like out of it for the day. Yeah. And uh, she, as she passed by, she kind of like just like give me like a little like tap on the back, you know. Yeah. And just like kind of like it almost felt like reassuring, hmm. you know. And it was both physically and. Sp- Spiritually, it was like a gentle touch, you know, that I yeah. just felt, and it was just like, oh my god, and it just brightened me up for the rest of the day, and I felt so much better. That's I was just so like, cool. Dang. And I think I told her too, like, hey, you came in, that little, that little like pokey did on my back, like helped me out for the day, you know. Yeah. She was like, really? And I go, yeah. I was, I was like, I don't know, it did something to me, and it felt good. That's cool. And she was like, well, I'm glad I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've had experiences like that too, where it's a just like a gentle shoulder touch or something. Or, and they don't even have to say anything necessarily. Yeah. But just that, yeah, it is very, this weird reassurance that comes from like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. You know, or like, it's just, it's a nice reminder, I think, of just kind of the, yeah, it's, it's so gentle. It's very much just <laughs> like a gentle reminder. I yeah. Think. yeah. It's, it's definitely a good thing, especially when it comes from, from yourself to another person, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I try to be the person in, in a lot of people's lives who they can come to, they need anything, whether it's, you know, help with groceries or whatever, you yeah. know, just something that, that I know I could do for you, you know? Right. So <clears throat> a lot of people I'm close to, I'm just like, hey, you need anything, let me know. 
they're like, oh, I'm okay. I'm like, I, I understand. Right. But don't hesitate to ask me, you know? Yeah. And um, we get yeah. so bad at asking for help. I read this book, or I think it was just earlier this year, called I'll Push You. And it's about these two friends that go on the Camino Trail, which is this like ancient pilgrimage that people make mm. through Spain and France. A lot of the old church saints and stuff did it. And it's still a very popular, basically a long hike yeah. that people from all over the world come to Spain and France to do it. Mm. And these two friends from the Northwest here in the States, one of them has some sort of debilitating disease where it progressively gets worse as he gets older and he's in a wheelchair as well and has to have help with everything, you know, like getting dressed, going to the bathroom, all kinds of stuff. But he really wanted to do this trail. And so him and his friend, he was able to, him and his friend did it. And I guess it's a, it's a documentary now too, which I still need to see. Hmm. Um, but it was really it's a really beautiful story and one of the things that the able-bodied guy talks about cuz they both wrote this book together and that was really cool too where they each would just kind of take turns yeah and one of the things that the able-bodied guy mentioned learning from it all and from his friend was this just sort of a reminder of not being afraid to ask for help mm. or realizing how important it is, you know, because his friend can't do anything on his own, you know, and so he has to ask for help with everything. Yeah. But he still is this jovial spirit and, you know, super encouraging and kind to everybody. And I, his able bodied friend was <clears throat> just very struck by at the end of their journey, realizing, man, I really need to get like allow myself to ask for help, you know, because I think it can become a sort of prideful thing where we, we get in our head thinking, Oh, I don't want to put that on anybody or be a burden to anybody, but it's crazy how much life it can give to a person just by helping, you know, like, and isn't there, wasn't it Benjamin Franklin or something who said, if you move into a new place, you should ask your neighbor for help with mm-hmm. something and it'll immediately start a positive relationship yeah. because they want to help you. And or I don't know, just to help someone makes you feel good. Mm. I think that falls into the line of like a, like codependency. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's something that not a lot of people talk about. Yeah. It's like a real issue. Yeah. Cause there's know? that, cause codependency is usually more of a negative thing, right? Or like it's talked about in more of a <clears throat> negative way where you almost are enabling each other in unhealthy almost. things or like yeah. relying on each other to not work through things or something. It's, I've heard a, I've heard something about where it should be interdependent yeah. rather than codependent where you are relying on each other but also supporting one another mm-hmm. rather... Because I feel codependent sometimes is... You focus on yourself more than the other, but well, I could just be totally missing the I, definitions. I remember like reading a while back, I think it was like the end of last year. I remember reading that codependency was actually uh, someone in this relationship or friendship, whatever, 
who's the one who is uh, helping them. And then when it comes back, like if they get guilt or whatever, they mm-hmm. just deal with it. They're like, uh, whatever. You know, that's that's what I remember reading. Oh, okay, yeah. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I was yeah. like, dang, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty. But, but but yeah, no, that's that's what I remember it from what I remember reading. Mm. That it was that um, one person just helps the other person with anything. And it could be like in any kind of way. And that person just gets guilty and just feels like he's not getting anything back in return. You know? Okay, he yeah. He or she or they. Where you end up are all the help that you give you feel is not reciprocated. Exactly, yeah. Okay. That's our, that's what I remember it yeah. being codependency. And mm. uh, <laughs> I actually just watched that movie Renfield. Oh, how uh, was it? It wasn't bad. Yeah? Uh, I mean. I've heard um, mixed things about it. I'm a huge movie guy, so I yeah. I go to Letterboxd after a movie, <laughs> you know? You go to what? Letterboxd. Oh, that, uh, is that the app? Yeah. That, yeah, okay. I go there and I, I do like my Write review, a little, oh, cool. do my star rating and everything. But uh, I gave it like a, like a three and a half, I think. Nice. Um, solely based off the fact that it's just like a fun movie. Yeah. You know? I think Nick Cage's Dracula is a super oh. funny idea. I love The Nick thing Cage. is that it was... A bizarre idea that they didn't know was going to work <laughs> because I loved him as Nick Cage and was like, I got to have him back. Yeah. I, I loved him as Nick Cage. I loved him as Dracula. Yeah. But I was like, I got to have him back as Dracula again in yeah. any kind of like media. Right. You know, <laughs> and it was crazy. But <clears throat> but yeah, the movie, it focuses more on uh, his like his like lackey, I guess. You yeah, would. his familiar. Is yeah. yeah. And uh He's like he just wants to like get away from it, you know. Yeah. But he can't because he'll feel that kind of way. He'll feel guilty and stuff. So right. it was bizarre that they found a way to, you know, put. I think a, in my opinion, a big issue with a lot of uh, relationships nowadays. Mm-hmm. Not like hating or, or anything or speaking negatively. Uh, but it was a, a neat way that they put that in there to show like a real deal you know yeah and a common occurrence yeah. and i was just like dang this is great yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> this is teaching me yeah so it was interesting and lately like the last month and a half codependency has just been like popping up keep coming in up. little ways for me you know yeah. just kind of just like what what is what am i trying to be told you yeah know? is this so, a sign yeah yeah it's interesting it's interesting yeah Ladies and gentlemen, if you can hear the weed whacker, I apologize for that. I think my neighbor is helping uh, trim my backyard, which I greatly appreciate. And I don't think the mic is picking it up much, so we're probably fine. But you might hear a gentle buzz <laughs> underneath us. I'm super fortunate that my neighbor helps me mow my yard. I, don't even, I didn't even have to ask him. He said he did it for the last guy that lived here, too. Oh. You know one of the craziest dang. things about this house? What's that? Three humans were born here. What? Yeah. Home births, dude. It's like the opposite <laughs> of somebody dying in a house. Yeah. It's like a blessing. It's not, Dang, you know, cool. it's not haunted. It's blessed. And they all happened in that tub out there? Yeah, I don't know where they happened in the oh, house. Oh, okay. Could have been this room, dude. No. Oh, my <laughs> but God. I don't know. I was born at home. And really? so it was kind of a fun thing to learn. Dang, yeah. that's cool. That's like one of those uh, back to where it all began. Right. Kind of moments. Yeah. But you're... A completely different house and not where you were born at you know yeah i guess yeah. more of like a like a spiritual thing 
Yeah, it's interesting. I was the only one of my family born at home. I've got three older sisters, and then when mom was pregnant with me, because she had always wanted to do more more home births, just because my mom doesn't like hospitals. Yeah, and she finally got to with me. Dang. Yeah, that's awesome. Not me. I'm a hospital baby. That's okay, man. Don't <laughs> don't beat yourself up. I'm I'm, I'm a common. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a common. That's all. No, man. How many siblings do you have? I have uh, three siblings. I have two older sisters and then one, one nice. younger brother. And, and uh, go ahead. Do you feel that your family dynamic is like you all are fairly close? Uh, I think got I th- along well. I think in recent years it's been that way. Hmm. I think probably like in the last five to seven years it's been that way. Yeah. I feel like growing up, uh, me and my oldest sister, the oldest one, weren't as close as we are now Mm. um but as far as my second oldest sister me and my brother i felt like we were just already like just super close yeah just because uh the house we lived in at the time was was only a three bedroom so Mm. we kind of had to share a room you know which is hectic but it's doable yeah yeah and uh so yeah i think i think that's how it's been lately which I'm glad that me and my oldest sister have have been able to get closer. Yeah. You know. It's weird what <clears throat> growing up does. You know, as yeah. you move out of childhood into adulthood mm-hmm. and how it's kind of like, oh, man. Yeah. We're all just kind of trying to figure it out. You yeah. Know, or work through existing. Yeah. And it's, yeah. My brother's new to it. He just turned 18. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Back in December. Nice. He just graduated like a few weeks ago. Wow. So he is very new and, you know, we're, we're not like on him about what he needs to do. Yeah. We're kind of just like giving him his space a little bit. Right. But I've just been telling him like, dude, get ready. <laughs> it's it's going to hit you yeah. sooner than later, you know? Right. It's going to hit you hard. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, don't scare me like that. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just, you know, being honest. I want you to be ready. Right. Cause yeah, there's a lot to it that you don't think about. Yeah, when you're younger. Yeah. Um, after I graduated, I I I got a job. Yeah. Did you know? go to college at all? <clears throat> I didn't. I was going to. Mm-hmm. And when I was getting ready to start the semester, get everything finalized to start semester. Uh, I had asked the lady. I was like, "Hey, is there a way like I could like not do this course and just go to the next one since I know." A lot about this course already. Yeah, she was like, "No," and I was just like, "All right, I'm not gonna come here then. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll just go to work." You know? Yeah. So uh, I got a job at Target, huh. all places. How was that? <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. How long did you work there? About eight months. Okay. Yeah, not not too long. Yeah, it actually wasn't even it wasn't even a job for Target. It was a uh, for a company called Market Source, huh. and it was like a third party company that just operated inside of Target. Oh. And was like loosely affiliated with target so were you not like did you wear a red shirt as like a target employee no i wore a black one whoa but i still had the target were you like a secret shopper no (laughs) no uh i was a mobile sales representative okay and uh but i guess the term they were using at the time was mobile tech Hmm. or electronic expert oh gotcha so you worked in like the phone area yeah okay so that was my main area but I remember them 
saying like, oh, you're the expert on all things electronic. Okay. Video games, TVs, phone cases, cables. Did you get a good discount? No. Oh, dang. <laughs> we didn't get discounts at all. Wow. Um, which, yeah, was yeah, kind that of a bummer. weird, yeah. But, Man. yeah, I did that for eight months. Um, the store I was at, me and the guy who ran that one, we were like pretty good at our job. Yeah. Because they trained us to be pushy. Those people. Ah, okay, yeah. And to, like, get a way to, like, have Target customers show us their phone, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, we saw someone looking for something. Oh, like, oh, did you need any help? Oh, yeah, I'm looking for this, but I can't seem to find it. Well, if you download the Target Circle app, blah, ah. blah, blah, just so they can get their phone out, and then we can be like, oh, I noticed your phone is cracked or whatever, yeah. you know? Notice you got a <coughs> trashy gimpy phone yeah want to upgrade get that flip phone out of here dude <laughs> but yeah essentially that's what we had to do wow and i was just like Ugh. i was like no i don't want to be that, that would guy. get old fast yeah so i just went about it the way a normal target employee would right oh do you need help with anything just let me know if you do yeah you know i got i got the stuff you, that i could help you yeah and if they just so happen to ask like oh why are you wearing a black shirt then I would just be like, oh, I do the mobile sales. Right. And I do I work with the phones. Man. And then just go from there. If they're interested, then I'd tell yeah. them about it. If not, then no big deal Say for me. Be, yeah. But <clears throat> me me and that guy, we were like, well, every every uh, week, we'd have like a, like a team call mm-hmm. with like everyone in this district with the district manager. And she'd always be like, she'd always announce like the top three stores. And that store was one of them. But whenever it came down to me and him to be announced, she would be like, uh, NJT and Aaron. <laughs> and nobody would clap or anything. Uh-huh. We'd just be like, whatever. We're yeah. doing our thing, you know. And Not trying to be annoying salespeople. <clears throat> yeah. Which I appreciate. Awesome. It was worth no applause. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so I did that for about eight months. Okay, nice. So it wasn't too bad. Yeah. And now you're playing with Chavela and the Wild Suite. I am. And if things go according to plan, you guys have just released an EP this last week. Yeah, actually on Friday. Heck yeah. Um, we uh, did an EP release with about, I think, like seven songs. Oh, seven cool. or eight songs. Something like that. I don't even know. I'll try to get some on the show following this week. For sure. Yeah. Um, but so, we did that, and, uh, and then with Chavela, we're working... On recording a full album. Yeah. I think with eight songs. Okay. The minimum we're trying to do. Nice. And but, you guys have been playing yeah. tons of shows lately. Oh. Uh, yeah. Wait, Chavella or Wild Sweet? Well, Chavella is oh, who okay. I was talking about more there, but yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. the Wild Sweet is picking up some too, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Chavella, poof, I think ever since Issa got back in... August or July of last year. Yeah. We've just had nothing but like just shows back and forth, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Little gaps here and there, but we've had shows like crazy. And they've all been pretty much like have been big shows for us. Yeah. I know the first one we did when she came back was I believe we opened up for Brain Story. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. They're out from California. Yeah. We got to open up for them uh over at Tandem. Nice. And then after that, we did a show somewhere else. Oh, we did a... Have you been to Scorpion? Uh, once. <clears throat> I think once. The, they have stairs. 
Yeah. And I think I went to an <laughs> art show there and some friends helped me down. Yeah. But we, we played there after that. Oh, cool. And we played like a four hour set. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, it was insane. Dang. Uh, and after that, we did a TPR, the Lonesome Lounge session. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then after that, it was just... Like, kind of nonstop every yeah. weekend, sort of, right? Basically. And weekdays. You guys have been playing some weekdays, too. Yeah, I think we played... I know we played a, a Wednesday last month. When you're playing, do you find you prefer time in the studio or time performing? Or, like, which one do you like more? The creative process of actually... <clears throat> Making the songs or the showcasing, actually playing in front of people. I think I think I'm torn between the two, to be honest. Yeah, I do love you know it's just sitting down and just writing new new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, I do find it irritating at times, just because I'm just like, nothing sounds good right now, you know? Oh uh, yeah. Or like we got something, but we just can't figure out how to like put this this and this together you know um and then same thing with performing you know i love performing and i just love i love being in the moment Mm -hmm. especially like if it's performing you know yeah so um when it comes to to performing it's just i'm like dude yes this feels so good right it's sort of euphoric yeah i get such a rush yeah anytime i'm playing in front of people it's it's an amazing feeling. Yeah. Especially when you know that the people you're playing for are there wanting to experience that. Yeah. You know? And when you can tell they're digging it. Yeah. It's so... Like, <clears throat> yeah, it's just very fulfilling. It's such a nice feeling. Oh. Uh, you know? Yeah. It's one of those things that when, when I feel good and I look at the band and they look like they feel good mm-hmm. and I look at the crowd... And they are for sure feeling good. And yeah. Then I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna remember this forever. Yeah, it's you like know? a warm feeling. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> and you said you've been getting into film stuff a little more lately. Yeah, I'm, I've always been fascinated in film. Yeah. Um, I think ever since I was a kid, I was just like, how did they make this? Mm. Who do they like? Who Who's the one who's in control of it all? You know? Yeah. I'd always ask, I'd always ask that, and. Um, <clears throat> I think when I graduated high school, I had a few ideas for films, and I just like wrote them down real quick. There was one I actually finished. Oh, cool! Like a screenplay? Yeah. Dang, dude! Right on. Um. But I mean, it was just like a, a rough draft. You yeah, know? for sure. But it was still like my first screenplay ever. Right. I was like, dang, this is awesome. Yeah. Um. That's not nothing. <clears throat> no, it's yeah. not. But I didn't actually like start getting more involved with film as far as like acting, editing, anything like that until 2018. Hmm. And it was for one of my best buds. Uh, He had a class in school about something. I can't even remember what it was. But they their project was to do a short film based okay. off of like a certain topic. Yeah. Which was, I guess, like it was more like, a, like an ethic thing hmm. where it was like, you know, the typical, would you still bread for your family to feed okay. your family? Yeah. Kind of like that. But what we did was, I, I can't remember. It's so like, it had something to do with insurance <laughs> and it was bizarre, but we did, we shot it uh, at my house and we kind of threw in like this, uh, like the spiritual aspect into it by like having this, this guy I got insurance from. 
come after me just because uh-huh. I wasn't able to pay it anymore. Uh-huh. And we like labeled him the angel of death. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it was, it was neat. It was yeah. fun. I got like, do you, you know, f- fake makeup on, not fake makeup, but fake bruises with makeup oh, on. Oh, cool. So it was neat. And uh, yeah. Do you feel you have a preferred, like, w- in the process of it, because there's so much to making any kind of film stuff. Yeah. Do you find you like being more on screen as an actor type or more in the writing process or the actual filming and directing type stuff? I, think it, I think it varies. Yeah, you kind of like all I think it varies. Um, if it's like a collaborative thing with like friends, we try to figure out who's going to do who. Yeah. You know, and... Um, like since for that short film, since it was my bud, since it was his idea, he was the one like really directing it. Yeah, and uh, I think him and his brother like wrote it together. Hmm. But um, they wanted me to be the actor, so I was like, oh, fine, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I did it. Um, but I think when it comes to like ideas that I have solely, like just from me, like that very first screenplay I wrote, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I want to be the one directing it you know right and as far as editing i'll oversee the editing yeah kinda, you know <laughs> right just because i feel like i always have like a like a specific visual in my head mm. and i feel like i need to be the one behind the camera to do it yeah to get it right you know of course <clears throat> so yeah it's interesting um i've but, always wanted to get more into it i did a class in high school all four years called video production and it was super cool because we got so much familiarity with the cameras and we would film all the sports events and different things and then we did a i think it was like a monthly newscast for the school Mm -hmm. and we ended up getting to do a a pretty silly show me and my best friend we called it nonsense with nathan (laughs) because his name was nathan and i was kind of just like his sidekick in it yeah and it was completely absurd, ridiculous stuff we did, but it was very, it was just so fun to be able to make these short little videos, you yeah. know, and they were definitely not well done, <laughs> but it was super, it was just a cool experience. Yeah. And I was always really into like the theater and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and being in plays and whatnot. Yeah. And so I would love to get more into it and I'd, i I feel there should be a movie or TV show with a guy in a wheelchair as the lead that is strictly comedy, <laughs> you know, or yeah. there could be some drama to it, but I feel there's just not, that's an untapped thing. I feel where that hasn't been accessed as much like the, the funniest wheelchair character is on family guy, basically, <laughs> you know, I guess that show Superstore or something had a guy in a wheelchair. But oh, yeah, it right. feels there's. I just have ideas and things where I think. But that show is more of like an ensemble. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, there's but, not any where the the lead is a guy in yeah. a wheelchair. That's Actually, not meant to be like heart wrenching. You know, or oh, I feel okay. they're always they always are like these sad stories. Yeah, there's of. this Netflix movie that came out in like 2016, I think 2017 maybe. Yeah, with Paul Rudd. Uh yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that was a great movie. That one, yeah, that one. I was enjoyed good. that, but that one. Was on more on the basis of like a heartfelt kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was still thing. like, oh, and it always starts with the guy in the wheelchair being super hard hearted and bummed yeah. out, you know? Yeah. And I think it would just be really funny if there was a guy 
who doesn't have that start, you know, like there's not that backstory of, oh, yeah, they all start out bummed. Yeah. And then something redemptive happens and they get all <laughs> right with it. You know, but if it just started with a guy that was already like fun and psyched to be there or whatever. Yeah. I feel there's a lot of opportunities for well, funny I mean, things. If you don't mind, I'll start writing something. Do it, dude. Heck yeah, let me help. For sure. Um, I've done more writing oh, film cool. stuff lately. I think ever since uh, The Wild Sweet came about, yeah. uh, our guitarist Manny, he's uh-huh. like super into like photography and stuff and oh, cool. videography. So when I first met him, he was asking me all these like wild questions that like no one's ever asked me. And he was just like, oh, what do you like to do? What are your dreams? Uh, yeah. And I was just like, oh, I mean, I like to, you know, I come up with movie ideas. I like to write them down and hopefully make them one day. Yeah. And he was like, well, just let me know. I'll be down to help you. That's cool. And so pretty much <clears throat> everything we've done that's been videos for Wild Sweet, he's always asked me, like, write something. You know, mm. write something, write something. Yeah. And we'll, we'll do it. So I'm like, okay. So we shot a, a music video back in December of 2021 for nice. our song Down the Road. Yeah. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> it was actually, I wrote two different <laughs> music videos for two different songs. Uh, one of them was supposed to be for our song If I Only Knew. Mm. And uh, Nez was supposed to go with this, but he couldn't, he couldn't go after all. So that idea was supposed to be for him, for that song. Okay. But because he didn't go, uh, Manny, he was frustrated. He was like, dude, we came out here for nothing. <laughs> you know, we're out there in Marfa. Oh, and, wow. And uh, I was like, no, we'll figure out something. And then Inez called me. He goes, hey. He goes, I have, like, this song pretty much finished. If you want to do a video for that. So we're like, okay. Oh, so you just switched it up kind of. So we just changed the the song and I just like tweaked the video idea a little mm. bit just to be uh, about a guy who is just dealing with like an addiction, mm. you know, and kind of yeah. like at the end of the video, he's just like, he he's like, all right, I could do I could do this without it, you know? Yeah. So we did that. <clears throat> and then um, what else did we do? We did we did like a live performance video. Oh, nice. For uh, the other song, If I Only Knew. And uh, that one was more like a collaborative process between me, Manny, and our our camera guy, Jordan. Hmm. And uh, we shot that one at the Fig Tree downtown. Oh, I like, don't know what that is. It's a restaurant like right behind the Riverwalk. Okay, cool. I don't even know like the little market area it's in, but it's right behind that theater on the Riverwalk. Okay. And... Uh, that one we, we shot there, and then we shot the other half of the song uh, at a parking garage by Brackenridge Park. Oh, cool. And that was fun. And then... And these are all available to watch on YouTube? Or no? Yeah, they should be. Cool. Yeah. I think... The Wild Sweet. Yeah. Lovely listeners. <laughs> Look them up. And then um, we we shot a short film video for the EP release... Oh, cool. That I wrote from scratch and Rad. everything, and I acted in it, unfortunately. Nice. <laughs> nah, dude. That's good. But If yeah. you guys ever need a wheelchair actor, let me know. Oh, for sure. Because I love to act. You know what? I'll do you one better, and okay. I'll just write a completely different short film. Okay. Just out of, you know, the fun of it. Yeah. With you as, as our lead. 
<clears throat> nice. But yeah, so I've done that, and I've just ever since that, I, th- I don't think I've like really like stopped with film stuff. Yeah, it's just kind of an ongoing. Yeah, um, it's nice when you can. That's one of my favorite things about music is how this sort of thing that could be called a hobby turns into a form of you know revenue yeah. in some cases, but then also just I don't know. There's such a fulfillment that comes from creating. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that not a lot of people think they can do. Yeah, you know. And yeah, we all get so in our heads. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like I'm like everyone's creative. One way or another, mm, it's right. just, you just got to be the one who's willing to put the effort in. Right. You know, which is neat um, because, you know, I wrote, I wrote that first screenplay and I was like, this is like a, like a road trip movie. I'm, there's no one be able to do this. And I've talked to a few people, um, if they'd be down to do it and they're like, yeah. Oh, heck I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. But yeah, right now, I mean. Right now, that's on hold still. Uh, right now, I'm working on a short film that I wrote last month. Oh, cool. Um, about this guy who uh, is being haunted by a ghost. Hmm. But the ghost isn't actually haunting him. It's kind of just like watching him Okay. do his thing at home, you know? Yeah. And this guy is just like freaking out about it and it just like... Making just, it bigger than it is kind of? Yeah. He's just like really in his head, mm. so I'm kind of like <clears throat> playing it to be like a psychological horror, yeah, with really no horror aspect, right. you know. But just the intense, other than the fact that like this guy sees an actual ghost, but this ghost doesn't move. He doesn't like move around anywhere. He just sees him. They see each other. He just watches what he's doing. Yeah, you know. And then the guy's own anxiety makes it a bigger deal. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Um, oh, I'm excited, man. I want to yeah. watch these things you're creating and i i have it set for like a 1950s ah, kind nice of vibe. noir yeah sort. so i'm gonna do like black and white i'm gonna do like the classic oh, cool uh blanket sheet for the ghost yeah right on. Dude, it's gonna look cool it's gonna that's look awesome but man. yeah that's like what i'm working on right now yeah with a couple of my buddies man i'm excited for it dude um we got to wrap up here but i'm curious what's your tattoo say Oh, this is, uh, it says, you always find me in the thunder and the lightning. Is that a lyric? It is from uh, John Mark McMillan. Oh, yeah. From, uh. Right on. Mercury and lightning. Yeah, there you go. Ah, nice. Yeah. I got it, uh, at a not so fortunate time in life. Yeah. Is that someone's handwriting? My sister's handwriting. Oh, cool. So I was just like, can you write this for me? And I like handwriting tattoos. Yeah, they're great. She was like, what for? And I was like, I don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just write it, it. Yeah. and then, like, I'll show you an, another day or something, yeah. you know? That's so, cool. Yeah. Is that your only tattoo? In the moment, yes, just because I haven't nice. had enough money to get any other ones. They're too expensive, <laughs> dude. All the ones that I have that I do want, they're, like, big pieces that yeah. involve color, too, and I'm just like, dang, you know? They're so expensive, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was fortunate when I got to live in Hawaii for a little bit and made friends with some tattoo artists. Nice. And got hooked up with some free tattoos, but nice. Yeah, a lot of times they're just. I need to too do much that around here. I need to just. Yeah, just go hang out in tattoo shops for a bit. <laughs> yeah. After a while, they'll be like, just "Hey, treat, let me practice on you." Just treat it, treat it like a coffee shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, well, JT, thank you so much for joining me. Do you have any final words or thoughts for the lovely listeners of Oops, I Miss Church? Um, 
don't be afraid hmm. of just life. You know, take take that leap of creativity that you think you have because you do have it. Yeah. Um just love love it mm. and live in the moment. Don't don't be scared of anything. Yeah. Just do it. I like not, it. not Nike. Not Nike. Do it. JT. JT. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Dude, thank you so much. This Dude, was so fun. Of course. Thank you for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Oops I Missed Church, the podcast. I'm your host, Michael Everton. Go and love your neighbor.